welcome to Travel Tuesday Happy Hour, where we interview dope people doing dope things from around the world. And today I want to talk to you guys about season two. Season two has been an amazing experience. We've gone literally around the world and then back. And so I really hope you guys enjoy the show. And don't forget to subscribe, like, and you know what? Go ahead and click that notification button so that you'll know when the episodes drop. Alright, peace. What's going on, Travel Fam? If you ever thought about starting a podcast, check out Anchor. Anchor is free. Anchor will provide you tools to record and edit your podcast from your phone or your computer. Anchor will also distribute your podcast to multiple streaming platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. Everything you need right in one app. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Mistake of not, not, not dressing warm enough for, for UK. So while I had a 15-hour layover to go explore, um, all I had was a button-up shirt. And, um, oh, yeah. You're going to freeze at night, man. You're going to freeze. <laughs> yeah, that didn't quite do it. But um, I had enough time to get out there and grab a, a Guinness and some fish and chips, so I was good. Travel Tuesdays Happy Hour, where we interview dope people doing dope things with one thing in common, the love of travel. Today we have, my brother, could you introduce yourself? Yeah, my name is Olu Femi Ronti Fakalede. Other people know me as Femi. My cues know me as Akibulan. No, that's who I am. That's who okay. I be. <laughs> okay. Uh, and what do you do? I'm a consultant. Financial management. I work in um, the consulting industry, uh, a small company called um, Ernst Young. And uh, I went to school, I'm an accountant by trade, a financial manager, project management. I do okay. okay, oh, so you are, you are, you are a man that wear many hats. Absolutely, got to okay. now. So, so, do you remember your first trip ever? Like, what got you into traveling? Absolutely, absolutely. My first trip was uh, when I was young, at the age of seven. Well, actually, prior um, before that, um, you know, I'm a, I'm a product of two countries. My dad's from West Africa, Nigeria, and um, before the age of seven, um, we visited Nigeria for a time. And then at the age of seven, we actually moved to Nigeria. So I was, uh, I lived in Nigeria from the age of seven to 14. So that was my first time actually leaving the States and going to a foreign land. So how was that experience? Like, so you go from born to seven and then, you know, once again, I don't know what the life like is like in Nigeria in, in contrast to here. Um, so what was that experience like? Well, at first it was uh, it was shocking at first, you know, um, a young kid going over there at seven, um, 
used to running with my friends, you know, used to eating McDonald's, used to going to uh, Wendy's, you know, used to getting hamburgers and uh, and to just wake up one day and I'm in a foreign land in Nigeria where, you know, it was no more, you couldn't get any more, you couldn't buy any more ground beef. You know, you had to ground your own beef to be, to be specific. Um, you know, going to uh, going into a society where um, you lived, you lived, and played. You didn't watch. You didn't play too much video games. You know, you were outside. You know, pretty much running around. You know, being being one with nature. You know, playing soccer, running around with your um, with slippers. You know. Um, just being, being, being a boy, being rambunctious, you know, um, enjoying the nature, enjoying nature, um, eating fruit from trees, you know what I mean? Mango trees, uh, uh, breadfruit trees, cashew trees, um, going, going, uh, into the forest to, to, um, to sap honey. You know, just being one with nature, man. You know, it was a uh, it was a great experience. But at first, it was um, it was shocking. You know, I I longed to um, to be back in the states. But um, as time went by, you know, getting into primary school and um and learning how to how to drum, you know, play the drum, and learning the uh, national anthem, and uh, and, and meeting people, um, meeting um, other folks that uh, were expatriates from America. And, um, you know, it turned out to be great. It was a great experience. Um, I wouldn't trade it for the world. You know, hindsight is twenty twenty. While I was there, uh, believe it or not, I kind of longed to get back over here, you know, but um, now that I'm here, um, I really, I really, um, I'm very, I'm very grateful of my, the time, the time that I spent over there, you know, because it was a lot of things that um I probably could have gotten into when I was here, that I that I I missed a I missed a fortunately I missed the opportunity to get into if you know what I mean, you know. Got so it, got it. so was it one of those like you know life changes where it was like all right, you know, looks like Femi's about to get in trouble. Let's up and get out, or was it just one of those things where you know, your parents felt like we need to bring the culture, uh, we need to raise him in the culture type of scenario. Well, actually, it was one of those things where I had, um, from the age of seven to fourteen, I had I had finished, I had finished um, primary school. Um, then I went to uh, secondary school, a place called Federal Government College, which is pretty much high school. So I was. Um, I did uh six, seven, eighth, or ninth grade, because I was in uh yeah, ninth grade. So, you know, my, my mom was still over here. My mom's American. She's black American. So my mom okay. she was in Nigeria for a while and then she came back to the States. So it was one of those things where my dad and to be honest with you, my boarding, my boarding school, I was in boarding school in Nigeria for three years. So it was a uh, it was an experience in this in, in itself, you know. Um, you know, we won't get into that experience, but you know, um, after a while, you know, um, my dad wanted to re reunite everyone else, everyone. So it was time for us to kind of come back and and be reunited with my mom. 
And um, okay. So since since that first trip, like, what has what are some other places you've been? Oh man, um, I've traveled. I've traveled as far as I can, as far as I can. I mean, I've been to. I guess I've been um, obviously I've been to Mexico, um, Bahamas. I've been to uh, Jamaica. I've been to Saint Lucia. I've been to San Antonio, Texas, Houston, New York, obviously Pennsylvania, where I went to school at University of Pittsburgh. I lived in Daytona Beach, Florida. Been there. Been to Miami, um, Charlotte. Um, uh, I've been to Brazil a couple times, um, England, UK. Um, I've been to Senegal. Um, stopped at Dakar, um, Germany, France. Um, I've been I've been to quite a few places. Uh, I must admit, I'm not going to sit here in front. A lot of places like UK, France, they were um, they were pit stops on my way to Nigeria. Like I took Air France. You had to stop in France. I took um, uh, Virgin Virgin Airlines, Virgin Atlantic. I mean, I, I stopped. There was a layover in. Um, there was a layover in um, England, London. So, um, I mean, so, look, I ain't gonna lie. Those are some of my cheat codes. You know what I mean? Um, you're going to stop somewhere. Might as well find the longest layover that you can so that you can experience that country or town and then go from there. You know, there's, I mean, I do that a lot. Like for me, I look at multi-city trips as much as I can to get the best experience out of it. You know what I absolutely. mean? Absolutely. My, um, my, uh, my Virgin Atlantic, the last trip I took to Nigeria, I took Virgin Atlantic and I purposely, um, booked a 15 hour layover in London. 15 mm, hours. Nice. So that was, you know, having, having not been to Nigeria in like 12 years, um, I was really excited about going. I went by myself to see mainly to see my grandmother because she's up there in age and mm. to hang out and, um, look for business opportunities over there. But um, I made the mistake of not, not, not dressing warm enough for, for UK. So while I had a 15 hour layover to go explore, um, all I had was a button up shirt. And, um, oh yeah, you gonna, freeze, you gonna freeze at night, man, you gonna freeze. <laughs> yeah, that didn't quite do it. But um, I had enough time to get out there and grab a, a Guinness and some fish and chips. So I was good. There you go. They, I still, I still haven't been to London yet, so that's that's on my next my next set of trips. So, yeah. like, when you're when you're thinking about going on a trip, right? Like, where does your mind go? Like, for me, traveling is therapy. Like, what keeps you wanting to travel? Oh man, the one thing that keeps me wanting to travel is my love for for learning and experiencing different culture. You know, I love to, I love to, um, pardon me one second. I love to um, be in the midst of, of music, um, different music, um, different languages, um, keeping, keeping English at the core because I love to be able to translate it. You know, I don't want to just be in the middle of uh, foreign foreigners speaking a different language. I'd, I'd like to be have English as a backdrop of everything, but 
you know, um, just a lot of different foods, um, you know, uh, and I also like the water. I love the water, you know, at the beaches, you know, um, but at the, at the, and also, you know, I love, I love collecting, um, collecting. I don't collect as much art as I would like to, but I would like to um, collect more art, but I love different culture and the art, the art that they, um, that they have. But um, I would say primarily it's, uh, it's, it's the culture. It's the culture that I love to experience. Okay. Okay. So like, I guess I'm going to jump into like some more current events um, as it relates to travel, right? So with the current like civil unrest here in the United States, um, and, you know, I've had a couple people that's overseas interviewed so far. Um, you know, one of the questions I wanted to ask you is like, have you ever felt um, the level of discrimination traveling as you do when you're in the United States? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Brazil. Mm. Yeah, Brazil is a, it's a fun place, but don't get it twisted. You know, um, us, uh, us of the African diaspora, you know, we have a long way to go in Brazil. You know, um, I don't even think they've had their civil rights movement to be, to uh, kind of think about it. Matter of fact, I know they haven't. So imagine uh, America having a civil rights movement, you know, starting in the 60s, 50s or whatever, and them not even having it. So that, that goes to show you how far behind they are in, in uh, race relations over there. Um, if you if you know anything about the history of slavery in Brazil, it'll give you some type of some perspective of how how they're doing with uh, race relations. Um, but you know, um, to answer your question, yeah, yeah, um, other cultures and other other um, countries, um, even such as even going back to Nigeria, being that I haven't spoke I haven't spoken about Nigeria being. Um, being in Nigeria is um, gaining the independence in 1960. Um, they have a long way to go, you know, mm. they have a long way to go, uh, 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 an extremely long way to go based on the government. And um, some would some would say it's mismanagement of of funds, you know, abuse of power and, the whole, and all the above. But um, to answer your question, uh, I kind of forgot your question, but I know you were you were you were talking about. So, yeah, so, <laughs> yeah, no, so, you know, you, you answered the first part of the question, right, which was, you know, as a person from the diaspora, do you experience, um, you know, prejudice or, you know, um, racial discrimination when you travel? And so, you thanks for answering that. Now, as far as what's been going on here, what are your thoughts on that, right? Um, and it's, it's going to be a two-part question. Um, one, um, we 2020 has been a rough one, right? Um, and COVID didn't really help. So um, we have COVID, which has us all locked down and kind of forced to pay attention to what's going on around us. And then you have the issues that are occurring while we're in COVID, while we have nothing but to stare at the screen. So first, um, tell us, you know, where were you when you, I mean, things hit the fan as far as COVID wise. And then let's, let's talk about like, you know, your thoughts and feelings around where things have moved as far as the civil unrest. Oh man. So where I was when uh, COVID, I guess first started, I guess, um, gaining notoriety 
um, obviously, uh, you know, like everyone else, um, well, like most people, I was going into work every day. You know, when the first uh, case hit out in, um, was it Washington or California on the West Coast? You know, um, it was just a matter of time. I, I knew I knew it was going to, me personally, I knew it was going to spread because watching the Ebola crisis. And um, so in the back of my mind, I knew it was going to spread. You know, so I, um, to answer your question, yeah, I was at work, going to work every day. But it was funny because um, being a contractor at my job, and I'm um, working at a at a, a government agency. You know, I had a I had a talk with my my manager at the time, and um, him him wanted to, all the contractors. You know, you have to come into work every day. Don't even think about teleworking. You have to come into work every day. So I remember vividly having this conversation with him. Like, look, you know, we got we got a pen. We got we got a virus spreading right now. It's over in the West Coast. You know, we're in Maryland, and I remember him like like it was yesterday saying, you know what, don't worry about it. You got to keep coming into work. I remember him saying that. You got to keep coming into work. Don't even think about working from home. Don't even think about it. You, you if everybody has to come, if everybody has to work from, from, work, from home, you, you're not going to work from home. I remember him saying that. So don't even think about it. And then he was like, then he started going down this wrote about, I don't know if you've heard this explanation about all these people that die of the flu every year and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> he, kept, he kept on going like, all these people that die of the flu, this is COVID, this is uh, um, COVID. It's not going to be worse than the flu because everybody dies from the flu and this is just another da-da-da. He, he went on this thing. He was like, but as far as you, don't even think about working from home. A month later, here I am. I'm, I'm working from home. So I kind of, I kind of, every time I remember that, I kind of get going to the back of my mind. Like he was so adamant about me not working from home, and here it is. A month later, well, it was a month at the time, and everyone's working from home. The whole building is cleared. Everyone working. Everyone's working from home. So, you know, that was that was where I was when the the whole pandemic hit, and um. And how it spread over to the to the to the East Coast, and how it spread all across the country. And um, as far as the civil unrest um, with the the killing of George Floyd and um, Ahmaud Arbery and countless others, you know, um, you know, it's 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 it was it's it's time. It's, it's it was about time, man. I mean, you can't you can't keep on suppressing. A particular population and expect things to to people to just roll over and take it, man. I mean, it didn't happen in slavery, and it's not going to happen now. You know what I mean? Black people are very a very powerful people. I think I, I don't I don't think people realize how far how strong the black the black race is. You know what I mean? If you if you ever try to exterminate us. It, it can't happen. <laughs> I mean, whether we whether we make too many babies, whether the shade of America's becoming darker, you know, you name it, we are here to stay. Now, whether it's a fear of the black planet, whether it's a fear of the mandingo, you know, impregnating, <laughs> you know, I can go, I can go forever, man. But you know, we're here to stay. You can't get rid of us, you know. And a, a lot of that, a lot of that fear plays into the plays into the um 
the lynching, the the um, I mean, we can go back. We can talk about this. The 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 um, the the misplacement of the black fa- of the fathers in the homes. You know the 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 um, the Jim Crow laws from the start. The the mass incarceration and um and now you know so. So basically, you know, you had the Jim Crow, then you had the mass incarceration, then now you have just, just, uh, um, you know, armed militias running around just killing black folks. You know what I mean? From civilians to the police, you know, over police, policing the black community, whatever, whatever name you want to put on it, it's, it's trying to get rid of us. Let's let's keep it plain and simple. It's trying to get rid of the black the black race, you know, and um, and we're tired of it, man. We're tired of it. We're tired of it, man. I mean, you you know, it's we we, we can't we can't take in and so what you saw, what you saw is basically a boil over, you know, regardless of you know, a lot of people say, okay, it was a pandemic going on, you know, you're supposed to wear your mask, but hey, it ain't it's not about masks, man. I, I don't care what's going on right now. If people are tired of a certain situation, you know, they're gonna they're gonna speak out, you know, and um we can't continue to have unarmed black men and women being killed by those that are that have sworn to protect and serve us you know it, it can't keep going on and um thank god for body cameras but it makes you it makes you ask the question you know we all it's not even a question we all we all we all know this has happened this has been happening for for god knows how long so thank god for cameras but um, you know, we just we're just now seeing it on in live, in live, in live in camera, live in color. But um, to answer your question, you know, it's you know we just the oppressed um, are sick and tired of being sick and tired, man. You know, and it, and it boiled over. In it, within the pandemic, it's still boiled boiled over, you know, and um, and that's what you saw, and that's what you continue to see. You know, we can't take it no more, man. You know, we can't take it no more. Uh, hey, I, one thing I want to add. One thing I want to add. Go ahead. As much as we, as much as we talk about the youth, and I know I, I complain about the youth of nowadays, pants sagging and, and 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 looking crazy, looking crazy as far as their attire. Um, there is, there's a there's courage amongst the youth the youth of today. There's courage. Um, as much as I complain about their attire, there's bravery amongst them because that's who you saw out there. That's the majority of the people you saw out there protesting and rioting and saying, we've had enough of that. It wasn't us old folks, because I know I was at home. You know what I mean? I was at home. I was doing a virtual march. I did a virtual march. But um, I was there, but I know there was young folks out there, and, you know, and, and those, you got to give kudos to those. You definitely do. I mean, those are great points. And, uh, you know, once again, um, I, rep- I appreciate your candor in responding to, to the question. Um, so how are you adjusting to the new norm, right? Um, you know, most states are on, I think, stage four of reopening um, the economy, reopening um, different areas. How are you adjusting to now having to wear a mask? You know, um, school is open, right? You have little ones. Um, how are you adjusting to finding a new norm to, you know, figuring out how to go forward from here? 
Okay, so um, stage one of stage one of the pandemic, I was scared shitless. Excuse my French. I was scared. You know, I didn't want to go out nowhere. I stayed home, trying to figure out what to do, trying to wash my hands every second. You know, um, trying not to go nowhere. You know, but slowly, you know, because uh, believe it or not, I drive for Lyft. You know, and, you know, as as a as a uh, uh, as a means for extra income. So um, I stopped driving for Lyft. The first, the first time that I drove for Lyft, it was I think I, I took a risk to get out there and and get a and take a passenger somewhere. And um, I came back home and I asked my wife. I was like, "What am I doing, man? What am I doing? Why am I out there? You know, it's not like I'm. I need the money. You know, it's not like I need the money like that. You know, I mean, I could use the money, but I'm not a I'm not a surgeon. I'm not a doctor. Why am I putting myself out there?" And um, she was like, yeah, you know, uh, you know, um, you know, I mean, just keep your face covered or do what you got to do. And um, but she never said stay home, but she said, do what you got to do. If that's how you, you know, if you got to do it, you know, do what you have to do. And then so in the beginning, to answer the question, in the beginning, I was very adamant about not getting out there at all. But as time and, and you saw and the funny thing about it, you saw it on the highways, when the first, when the pandemic hit, the highways, everything was, everything was clear. Everything was quiet. But as weeks went by, people started to come out. Because, you know, people, you have to, you have to earn a living. You have to know, you know, you have to earn a living. You have to, you have to make money. You have to work. So people started to come out. People had this, people started to realize, okay, I'm going to wear my mask. I'm going to stay clean. I'm 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 a socially distance myself, and I'm a, I'm obey. You know, as we start to as, as we learn more about this virus, which we haven't learned anything about it, people just try to figure out a way to to coexist with the virus. So, so as far as my as far as me, I went from stage one, not going out at all, you know, um, not having my kids go out. Matter of fact, I don't have my kids play with other kids right now because I don't know, you know, I don't know where their parents have been and all that stuff. So it's kind of sad that to this day, you know, I, my kids still can't go out and play with other, our neighbors. And, um, you know, I, so that's one thing that kind of, that hurts me right now, but you know, it is what it is. But as far as me, I slowly came out of my shell. And right now, believe it or not, I'm actually driving for Lyft when I every every chance I can, you know. Obviously, I wear my mask, and um, I have a sign on my window that says, "Don't step foot in my car if you don't have my mask." And thank God for Lyft because they have mandated they have mandates where obviously you have to wear a mask before you step in someone's car, or I can deny a ride. So. So that's pretty much where I've been. It's, been. it's been like a spectrum, starting from not going out at all, being scared of everything until, you know, but one thing I don't do is we still haven't, we still haven't, um, we haven't flown in an airplane yet. My wife is totally against that. So we, we drive, if we have to drive to a different uh, state, um, like when we're, we're in Virginia right now. So we drove here, but if she, if we, if we're, if if the if the uh, option is to fly, then um, we're going to deny we're going to decline that. Yeah, so that's where I am now. You know, just being socially distant, 
I mean, you can't be too socially distant with someone in your back seat. But as far as I wear, as long as I wear my mask, I have my Lysol. So I'm spraying every second. I spray my car. I wipe down my car with uh, Lysol wipes. Um, and everyone that gets in my car has to wear a mask. And I must say that, you know, I, I'm kind of worried. Every, every time I hear someone cough or sneeze, I kind of, I you know, it's kind of crazy where nowadays, if someone sneezes or coughs, you know, you, you, you get scared and shit or you, you freak out. You know, but thank God, knock on wood, everything's good with me. You know what I mean? I'm healthy. I thank God for, you know, sustaining me. And um, everything's well with me right now. So I thank God. Okay, so um, we talked about doing layovers as a means to, like, travel, take an extended kind of detour before your final destination. What's a tip, like, for someone looking to get into traveling? What would you recommend they do just to get their foot wet? Oh, man, to get their foot wet. Um, what would I recommend they do? Well, obviously, um, learn about the culture. If you can, if you can uh, Google anything about the culture, whatever it is about wherever you're going, um, wherever you're going, you know, kind of do some research on the culture. Obviously, de depending on where you're going, learn about the... Uh, the do's and don'ts of the of the of the place. Um, if it's a foreign, if it's a uh, a country with a foreign language, kind of learn the um, you know uh, good morning. You know the the basic stuff. Good morning, goodbye, hello, how are you doing? Do you know how to get here? Directions. You know the basic stuff. But you can find all those things on um, on the internet. Um, you know, developing a genuine love for wherever you're going try to muster up um try to muster up um an interest for you obviously you won't be you shouldn't be going to some place that you don't care about i mean even if it's iceland you know my brother he's a, he's he's a he's a big traveler too and i think on this he they have some cheap flights to iceland so he um he ended up in iceland and i was like why the hell are you going to iceland but they um they talked about the northern lights or going somewhere and and so you'd have to muster up some some interest in the place that you're going you know um uh what else um if you're going to like africa or certain certain third world countries you may have to take some shots you know um what else can i um can i offer uh just be vigilant you know don't forget, you know, um, like uh, an interesting story happened to me when I was in Brazil, my coming back the next, you know, people, people notice you and, um, and they can profile you too at the airport, you know, because I'm coming back from Brazil, minding my own business. Like anybody know anything about Brazil, you know, it's, uh, it's one of those spots where a lot of uh, drugs are either come from or go to, you know, it's one of those those hot spots for, for drugs. So, you know, obviously, uh, well, not obviously, but um, coincidentally, I was profiled and pulled out of um, a line, you know, just, just trying to board my flight. They uh, profiled me, so they had to check my bag, you know, just random, a random check. But um, just kind of know about uh, where you're going. And, um, and while you're there, don't be vigilant. Be vigilant where you're going. Um, there's also, 
some group, there's some travel groups that you know you can look up and go um, as part of a group. But um, I would say the number one tip is um, just try to muster up a genuine interest in the, the, the destination that you're, you're seeking to explore. And um, with, that, with that genuine interest, um, it'll, it'll lead to you, know, you going on the internet and finding things about where you're going. Don't just go somewhere blindly. And um, because if you go somewhere blindly, you know, you, it, it doesn't make for a good trip. Know, kind of learn learn about the culture before you get there. That way, um, you know you can um, you can enjoy it a lot much better, a lot better. Okay, thank you, thank you. I really appreciate that. Um, so, tell me what you have coming up, what you got going on that you might want people to know about you. Oh man, um, so what I have coming up, I'm 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 an agent, I'm a realtor, I'm a realtor, I'm a consultant by day. That's my day job, but I'm also an agent uh, on all platforms. Femi underscore the realtor on IG, on Twitter, on the medium and on Facebook. Femi underscore the realtor. I'm out in the DMV. I'm a Maryland realtor. So for all your real estate needs, buying, selling, um, renting, reach out to me. I will serve you. That's what I do. You will not be dissatisfied. Um, I'm a personal trainer. I do bartending. You know, I can get your body right. You know, I jog every day. I'm an avid jogger. So if you need to so run- So you're African. That's what you're telling me. You're African, <laughs> so you're not Jamaican. You're African, you're on another level where you got like another level 30 with, jobs. Yeah, I'm another level. I got 30 jobs. I mean, if I got 40 jobs. <laughs> oh man, this is I love it. This is so dope, bro. I really appreciate you for jumping on the story. I mean, the thing is, you know, you talk, you hit a lot of points from your beginning to traveling to understanding the differences in accepting culture, right? So, like the one thing I didn't ask you was like having had the experience of going back to Nigeria for the seven years, did that kind of help mold your level of expectations when you travel? Oh, no, definitely, definitely. Um, I mean, I'm, re I'm, ready for, I'm ready for the gully, put it that way. You know what I mean? I know that, but I ain't gonna lie, when I get back to America, I smile. <laughs> I smile because I know, <laughs> hey, America, hey, hey, Believe, hey, don't forget, hey, forget what you heard. America is the best country in the world. I mean, yeah. you might argue about that, but you'll know that when you go to these third world countries, you come back to America, be like, you know what? Hey, I take you take a lot of things for granted. All these people talking about, I'll move to another country if blah, blah, blah doesn't work out. You go ahead and do that. You know, I mean, I know a lot of people move to Ghana and they move here and there, but it's, it's, it's hard transitioning to those low, um, those societies. You know, America is full of convenience. If you like convenience, America is for you. A lot, of a lot of other countries are not as convenient. And like I mentioned earlier, as far as for things such as such, so little when so I got, I got, I got, um, this was 1988 when I was in, when I went to, well, actually 1981 when I first moved to Nigeria. We had to 
we had to ground our own beef that we couldn't buy ground beef. So we had to get a, a, a grinder and put the raw meat in a grinder and, and, and use our hand to twist it to get a ground beef. That, like I said, that was in 81. Hopefully things have, have, have progressed since then, which I would think they have. But um, at the end of the day, I'm talking about convenience. You know, not, not, not too many people can say you can go to a Burger King, you can go to a Wendy's. I mean, they have that in Nigeria, you know, Mr. Biggs, they have Pizza Hut and stuff like that. But, but on, on, a, on, on an average, America and, it's, and all its convenience, this is where it is, you know what I mean? Because, uh, you know, it's all about convenience. People don't want to have to, you know, you don't want to have to get up and do nothing. This is a, this is, this is a place for it. So um, to get back to your question, I've, I've um, learned to appreciate and I've learned to get ready for, you know, having to take a cold shower, you know, you know, you know, let's, let's, when I go to Nigeria, about that. no running oh, I, water, electricity, oh, you know, man. You know, having to, having to, 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 you know, as a kid, I ain't gonna lie. My first trip to Haiti, um, <laughs> I took a shower in rainwater and I was like, this is kind of <laughs> cool, but you can't yeah. just shower in the naked in the United States. They'll arrest you. Showering naked in the water. You know what I mean? So, call your <laughs> exactly. They will call me and send me to jail and not a psychiatric ward. <laughs> right. <laughs> They'll think I'm crazy. And apparently jail is where they put crazy people. Mm-hmm. But um, thank you very much for doing this, man. I, like this was a really dope experience. Another dope conversation. Keep traveling and stay safe. Until next time, peace.